0: Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Well, hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Nurse Becoming podcast. It's your host, Amanda Gornieri, and again, whether this is your first time or your seventh time or your whatever episode this is, 19th time, uh, I'm so happy to have you here today, and um, it's a privilege to get to speak with you and, and spend this time with you. Today, I wanna talk about how to ask better questions. And I want to first give some background about why I even think this topic is important and what I really mean about asking better questions. I was recently listening to another podcast, a business podcast that I will link in the show notes, and Tyler J. McCall, who's kind of an Instagram online business expert, had a guest on, and they were speaking about this topic. And as I was listening, I couldn't help feeling like the topic was so incredibly applicable to us in the nursing profession, us in academics, us in a professional setting, and, and especially in kind of the career navigation setting. So I, I wanted to explore this topic a little bit further from the lens of nursing professionals and from this kind of professional career-oriented lens that I have. And I really feel strongly that the quality of our life can be determined by the quality of our questions. And I've heard that before. That's not my direct quote, but I think that it is so true that we can get more out of experiences and more information and be better informed when we improve the quality of our questions. Now, I am a firm believer that there are no stupid questions. I'm not in the business of ever shaming anyone for asking questions. And I don't know if anyone has observed that in their medical training. I have seen some situations where people have been shamed or embarrassed to ask questions, and that is not at all the type of culture that I stand for or that I' am trying to cultivate but what I am trying to cultivate is this environment of feeling empowered to figure out the answers to your own questions there is nothing wrong with not knowing everything and in fact I I hope that you no matter what stage of your career that you are in you can admit that you don't have all the answers because the second you think that you do you become a dangerous person but if you, kind of adopt this mentality and understand that you don't know everything, but that you have the power to figure out what you don't know, then I think that it will be a skill that serves you well, whether you're a student, whether you are a professional in your personal life. You know, utilizing your resources and getting the answers to your questions is a skill and you can improve on that. And and part of the way of improving on that is learning how to ask better questions and getting the right answers that you're looking for based on how you're asking the question. Okay. You know, another situation that inspired me to talk about this topic is Facebook groups, (laughs) free Facebook groups online. I don't know if anybody is in any of them. I am in several, and I think I've talked about them before on the podcast. I'm in a few free nurse practitioner Facebook groups that are very, very large, and they are meant to be, you know, guidance type groups for new nurse practitioners. They are filled with students, new grads, seasoned NPs, and they're really not the most supportive environments, to be totally honest. And I think part of the reason why, you know, there is some lack of support can be due to the fact that there are some questions that are asked in those groups that really could be better, okay? Like I said, I'm not in the business of question shaming or saying that questions are stupid, but there are definitely some low-quality questions that are asked there. So we're going to kind of dive into a little bit what it means to ask better questions and then how to do it and why we're doing it, okay? So if you have ever been in a situation where you've asked a question, whether in person or, you know, through some sort of technology, whether it's in a Facebook group or sending someone an email or a message and you have a history of not getting the answer that you're looking for, and this happens a lot, and you're constantly wondering why people aren't answering your question, then that might be a sign that you aren't being clear with your question, or that you are overloading the person with context so that the reason of your question is not clear. Now, I think it's important to start with the fact that there are really two types of questions very broadly. There are questions that benefit yourself and there are questions that benefit others. So questions that benefit ourselves are the questions that we ask to gather information, whereas the questions that benefit others are questions that move other people towards some sort of goal. So an example of this would be questions that we ask patients, for example, that are really not for our benefit but are more motivational interviewing type of questions that help us to figure out where that patient needs to go in terms of their health journey or kind of figure out the root cause of a problem, or even asking questions that will help them process their own problem. So these are very typical type questions that you might be asked by a counselor or a therapist or a healthcare provider or a coach or a mentor, okay? Those are questions being asked that are not really to benefit the person asking them, they're to benefit the person being asked. And we're not going to really talk about those types of questions today. What I want to talk about today are the questions that benefit yourself, so, the questions that you ask for the sake of your situation, your fact finding, getting information applicable to help you. Okay. So, there are a couple things right off the bat that are not great reasons to ask questions. Uh, And that can be reflected in, in how a question is asked. So for example, there are questions that are asked that are really validation seeking questions. So an example of that would be, I'm thinking of doing this, any other thoughts? And those questions really don't have a point. Because when you're asking that type of question, chances are you're really not looking for responses. You're really not looking for answers to that question. You're really doubting yourself and looking to be validated. So before we get into kind of like a framework of asking questions, I want to just bring awareness to the fact that it's important to know why you're asking the question and where the motivation for that question is coming from. Like, are you asking a question because you really need information to make a more informed decision? Or are you asking the question because you don't trust the decision that you've made? And- you know, that kind of brings us to a whole other topic that we can explore a little bit more about trusting yourself and, and trusting the decisions that you make. And I see that especially in newer graduates and students because imposter syndrome, as we've talked in previous episodes, is so strong. Imposter syndrome keeps you from trusting your decisions. So I would just encourage you to have this awareness and this emotional intelligence to recognize why you are asking the question, okay? So let's say you really did want some input about some choices that you're about to make and and rather than asking, you know, I'm thinking of doing this, any other thoughts, perhaps you would ask a question like this. You would say, "I've narrowed down my choices to X and Y. Do you have any experience with this, considering my personal situation. So that is a more upgraded type of question that will give you a better response and also help you make a decision, right? If you've already made your decision and you are kind of seeking validation, then that's something that you should be exploring in and of yourself or or talking through with someone, not asking the question of, this is what I'm doing. Are there any other thoughts? Okay. Another question that I've seen that I don't think is as high quality as it could be is, you know, providing a little bit of context and saying, any suggestions? Or just a flat out question that starts with, any suggestions for? So I admittedly will get this sometimes in my direct messages, and it's a frustrating question to be totally honest. Any suggestions for looking for jobs? Any thoughts on interviewing? Thoughts on employment gaps. So this type of question, the person gives me no context, especially if it's coming from someone that is unknown to me. So this is not a very high quality question, and it's probably going to throw off the person that you are asking. And if you're asking it in a Facebook group, for example, or in some sort of forum where multiple people can respond, you are going to get a whole host of responses, likely not the answers you're looking for, because you haven't clarified the reason why you're asking the question and the context and why this question is important to you. Those are just kind of some examples to start off with of low quality questions that can really be improved upon. So again, I encourage you to kind of think critically back to some times when maybe you have asked questions and think about how you can improve that. And moving forward, thinking about after we talk through this kind of decision-making framework, thinking how you can improve your questions so that you can get higher quality answers. Because that's really what it's about is if you are asking questions for your benefit, you are trying to make an informed decision and it's your right to make an informed decision, but it's also up to you to ask the right questions so that you can be informed appropriately. Okay. So before we get into how to actually ask the question, There are a few steps, a few questions to ask yourself before we structure the actual question, okay? So before you ask a question, I want you to ask yourself, do you have the answer already? Okay, so this would be an example of this is if you have really already made a decision and you're looking for someone else to validate you. So that's an example of you already having the answer and maybe not trusting yourself and needing to work on your self-trust. Another example would be if you actually did have the answer in another resource and you weren't looking it up or you didn't take the time to look back into the previous situation where you already got the answer. So that would be asking a question of someone when they've already answered it in an email or it's been already answered in a lecture or it's already been answered in some sort of way that you, you got the answer before and you're just not taking the time to consult that resource. Okay. So the que- the first question to ask yourself is, do I have the answer already? The second question to ask yourself is, can I easily find this answer on my own? Okay. So we have a very powerful world at our fingertips <laughs> and powerful search engines and information is available to us at all times. So when you are asking somebody a question, think about whether it really needs to be asked to that person or can it be easily found on your own? So I've seen this happen. This hasn't happened too much to me, but I've seen this happen to experts and influencers on Instagram who have basically complained and said, I am not Google. Please don't ask me questions that you can easily Google. And, you know, they come across, uh, they get some criticism for saying that, but they're entirely true, right? Like a very basic factual question that doesn't require someone's personal experience or expertise that can be answered on Google Um You know, it's maybe a bit more respectful and a better use of the technology that you've paid for to use Google to answer that question. So, for example, don't ask somebody uh, for a list of nurse practitioner programs in the state of California. You know, that is a Googleable answer. And just because you want to connect with a nurse practitioner influencer who's from California, it doesn't mean that you need to reach out and ask that question because it's not really providing value to the relationship between you. And it's a very easily Googleable question. So it's kind of disrespectful to ask, okay? So that second question is, can I easily find this answer on my own? And so that's a lesson in utilizing your resources, right? So I think that's a really important thing to ask yourself, especially if we're in we're talking about medical related questions, because while I hope that in your work settings, you're going to be supported and have preceptors and mentors who are available to you to help ask questions. They're not necessarily people that you want to be asking every single clinical question to. And same thing with the groups online on Facebook. You know, you don't need to be asking for a differential diagnosis of a particular complaint in a group on Facebook when you should have an app on your phone that can help you. You should have access to up-to-date. You should have textbooks. You should have all sorts of resources that you have surrounded yourself with that will answer those, you know, common questions. And by common, I mean those questions that everybody's going to come to the same answer to because it's like a standard, you know, a standardized question that there's either a guideline or an evidence-based response. Okay. So those are examples of using your resources, whether it's just in communication with someone in a non-medical setting, you know, asking yourself, is this something that someone could Google? (laughs) And if you're in a medical Clinical scenario, you know, is this something that I have access to the evidence without having to ask a person, right? Because your evidence is going to be more reliable. We don't have relationships with other people to use them like encyclopedias. Okay. That's not a respectful way to cultivate a professional relationship. Okay. Hey, if you are one of my listeners who is a new nurse practitioner or in the last three to six months of NP school, I have something for you called the new NP bootcamp. This is one of the best trainings that I have ever done. And I'm so excited to let you know that it is back as an on-demand training, meaning you can watch anytime. I previously did it live and I've revived the live recordings so that you can have this now because so many people have gotten such great results from this training that I didn't want you to have to wait until I had time to do it live again. So, In the new NP Bootcamp, you are going to learn the most important steps to jumpstart your job search. Okay, you're also going to learn the strategies to help you stand out against the competition and learn how your attitude can absolutely shape your outcome. This is a three-part video training where you will learn my best tips on overcoming oversaturation, secrets to an outstanding job search strategy, and you'll also, in the third training, learn best practices for resumes and cover letters. This is a paid training because I do believe that when you pay a little bit, you pay more attention, and I'm so excited to invite you into this training. So, the link is going to be in the show notes, but you can also head to the resumerx.com/bootcamp to get all the information. I can't wait to see you in there. Now, the other two ways that you could easily find this answer on your own would be to consult your gut or your intuition or consult your goals. Okay, so these are more questions related to personal advice and struggles and challenges. So, you know, when you're asking this second question of can I easily find this answer on my own, this includes, you know, is this answer within me? Do I already know and I am refusing to acknowledge it? So. If this is more of a existential question or more of a question about your individual situation or your individual challenge, then I really would recommend that you first check in with your gut, check in with your goals and see is that answer already inside you before you need to ask someone else their opinion because you know yourself the best and if you don't, then that's something that you should work on practicing because you should always be the person who knows you the best, better than anyone else. Okay. So that's the second question. Can I easily find this answer on my own? The third question to ask yourself before you actually ask the question is how will I know when my question is answered? Okay. What does the answer to my question look like? And that's going to be different for everybody, but this is a way for you to set expectations before you ask the question to know when to stop, to know when you've gotten the answer, and when you've arrived at the conclusion that you are looking for. Okay, so that's question number three. How will I know when my question is answered? And the fourth question is, why am I doing this? Meaning, why am I asking this question? And this is a deeper question and maybe this should be the first of the four questions, but regardless of where it falls, it's an important one. Why am I doing this? Why am I asking this question? So, am I asking this question for validation? Am I asking this question because I truly don't have the information I need to make an informed decision? Or in the case of the, you know, asking an influencer or a googleable question, am I asking this question in an attempt to connect? with someone? In which case, is there a different, better question that I could ask or a a different way to connect? So I want you to really think about the why of why you are asking the question. Is there a question behind your question, basically? Okay. So before we're going to actually ask the question, we're going to ask ourselves these, what were they, five questions? First being, do I have the answer already? Second, can I easily find this answer on my own? Just kidding, there are three. That was number two. The third is how will I know when my question is answered? And the fourth, why am I asking this question? Okay. So now let's get into how to actually ask the question. So, the first thing that I think you should have before you actually ask the question is you should provide context. Context is really important, and the amount of context you provide is important. Okay. So My recommendation is to describe the current situation in one or two sentences, okay? So maybe you're going to provide a little bit of background, you're going to say what you already know, or, you know, there's some sort of important piece of context that you are going to provide. If the context is too long, then the backstory can kind of go on and on and really obscure The person that you're asking to be able to understand the reason for the question, okay? And without any context, it's really unknown why you're asking the question. And it's going to leave the person that you're asking wondering why you're asking the question, because a question really needs some context in order to be answered in the way that you expect it to be answered, okay? So the first thing like I said, is context. You want to provide one or two sentences of backstory to kind of set the stage for your question. Next, you want to narrow the scope of your question. So this is an area where you're going to be a little bit more explicit about the situation and where exactly you are needing help. Okay. So I know we're getting a little bit abstract here, so I want to bring in an example. Okay, so let's talk about a job-related question, something that I would get frequently. So the question itself would be, when should I start applying for jobs? Okay, so without any context, you know, the answer is it depends, right? It depends if you are licensed in the state. It depends where you are in your education. It depends what type of job you're even looking for, right? So without any context, there's no quick, succinct answer. If you wanted to ask that question, providing the context would be to say, for example, I'm a new grad nurse practitioner relocating to Minneapolis. I'm not sure if I should wait until I pass boards or not. When should I apply for jobs? Okay. So that's an example of providing context. And if you wanted to narrow the scope a little bit, it would say, I'm a new grad nurse practitioner relocating to Minneapolis wondering when I should start applying for jobs. I'm not sure if I should wait until I pass boards or not. I will be applying to major medical centers as an acute care nurse practitioner. You know, narrowing the scope just provides even more context to the question. Okay, and the third part of actually asking the question after you have provided context and narrowed down the scope of the context a bit is to make sure there's actually a question. And the question should be a high-quality question, as we've discussed. So I've received many emails, many direct messages that will be loads and loads and loads of backstory, and there's no actual question. And it will lead me to say, okay, well, what's, what's your question? So it's really important to make sure that you actually include a question. And the question should not be thoughts, question mark, what would you do? What do you think? You want to ask a question that really brings out the specific nature of what you want to gather from your asking the question, okay? We need to improve on the quality of the questions that we ask so that we can get better information to make a more informed decision, Okay, so now that we've talked about the questions to ask yourself before you ask the question and how actually to ask the question, I want to talk for just a couple minutes about how to be a better listener. And I will say that we have a whole episode coming up later this quarter about being a better listener, and it's with a special guest, but I want to touch on a couple things now. And what I want to talk about is how we are not always the best listeners, It is not always human nature to be an active listener. You may have done this or you may have noticed from others that when you are listening to someone, it's very easy to listen only up until a certain point. And then in your head, you are kind of queuing up your next question or the next thing that you want to say such that you end up missing part of what the other person is talking about. And I have noticed this, and I'm sure you've noticed it too, that when you're in conversation with someone, if you've ever seen someone's attention kind of drop off and you see the wheels turning behind their eyes, that's them trying to formulate their next thought. And when they're doing that, it's very unlikely that they're listening to you, unfortunately. And, you know, this may show up as interruption or it may just be kind of some subtle visual cues that someone is, waiting kind of on edge to insert themselves into the conversation and there are so many reasons for that and and part of that is i think that we are used to feeling like we need to insert ourselves or else we'll be interrupted i think also that we're really uncomfortable with silence and some people think that it's a sign of weakness to show that we are formulating our thoughts before we're speaking or some people are fearful because of how others respond that if there is silence, we won't actually get a chance to say what we want to say. So the urgency to fill the space quickly is what causes us to start thinking about our answer before the other person is even finished. So I want you to consider this when you are asking questions, to actually listen to the response that you're getting rather than halfway through that response once you've heard what you think you want to hear rather than getting your brain ready to queue up the next question why don't you consider listening to the entirety of the question before formulating your next response okay this is a really applicable scenario when it comes to interviewing and this is something we'll talk about more in this other upcoming podcast episode in december but When we are in interviews, we want to make sure that we are asking high quality questions and that we are also being an active listener because that is a a social interaction that can be picked up upon by the people interviewing us. And, you know, don't be afraid that you're not going to be heard when you get your chance to speak. It is absolutely okay to take the time that you need to, to formulate your question or to formulate your response. And it's okay for there to be a little bit of silence. I think that we tend to get very nervous when we're being asked questions. And even when we're asking questions such that, we have this tendency to fill the silence with filler words while we're doing our thinking in the background. But I think that if we would just kind of take a few seconds, be better listeners before formulating our responses, we likely would have more clear, succinct responses as opposed to responses that are filled with ums and ahs and other sorts of filler words. Okay. So that pretty much wraps things up. I'm going to summarize here. We talked about how to ask better questions. And first, before actually asking the better question, there are a few questions that we need to ask ourselves. So we need to find out, do we have the question? Do we have the answer already? Can I easily find this answer on my own, either through using my resources, my gut, my goals? And how will I know when my question is answered? What type of Response Am I looking for, and how will I know when I've got it? And then also, why am I doing this? Why am I asking this question? What's the deeper reason? Then, when we're actually asking the question, first we're going to provide context, maybe a couple sentences, not too much of a backstory, but at least something that provides the appropriate setting the stage for our question. Then we're going to narrow the scope a little bit so that we can be explicit about the area of the situation where we need help. And then we're going to make sure that there's actually a question in our question. And we're going to improve upon very vague questions that don't really ask anything, such as suggestions, thoughts, what do you think? What would you do? We're going to be a lot more specific and intentional and clear in the question that we're asking. And then after we ask the question, we want to listen to the response. Okay. We want to listen for the sake of listening as opposed to listening to respond. Okay. It's okay for there to be silence. See what I did there? You don't Have to fill all the silence with words because when you have confidence and command in a conversation, people are going to want to hear what you want to say. And you have to believe that people want to hear what you have to say. And when you do, then it's okay to take your time when you're speaking, take your time when you're responding, and not feel the need to fill the silence with information or questions that, that aren't high quality and true to how you want to present yourself. So, I hope that this episode has been helpful. I would love to hear your thoughts if you are listening or if you have some thoughts, go ahead and take a screenshot or do an Instagram story and tag me at the resume rx so that I know that you're listening and I can hear what you think. Or if you'd like, you can go ahead and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to this episode. I really, really appreciate when you take the time to do that because it helps push this show higher in the search engine of podcast players. So that means that I can get into even more ears and help even more nurses, nurse practitioners, and students on their professional and personal journeys. So as always, it has been a pleasure. I am always rooting for you and hope to see you next week. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.